Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daniel Hendrick Experience. I am super, super glad to welcome Anna Bateman with me today. This young lady is a very busy, sought-after performer. She is noted as much for her beautiful stage presence as for her musicality. That's not all that common with opera singers, may I say. She is a dynamic and engaging performer who imbues warmth and charm. I can already see that talking to her in all of the music she sings and the role she plays. She has been the recipient of numerous awards and through the years she has performed throughout Canada, the US and Europe. What a surprise, right? Her voice is absolutely amazing. Not only is she an incredible opera singer, but she is a founding member of a very popular classical crossover group called Viva Trio. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Excellent. In the fall of 2017, Viva Trio released their cinematic debut album, Nothing Else Matters. The album contains nine contemporary cover songs ranging from Metallica's Nothing Else Matters to Cohen's Hallelujah set to really amazing orchestral recordings, as well as two stunning original songs. Viva Trio is the proud recipient of the prestigious Marty's Award. Viva Trio regularly performs internationally and has a strong online presence with all of their outstanding music videos. So make sure you check them out at vivatrio.com and also at abateman.com. That's B-A-T-E-M-A-N.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here she is, the incredibly talented Anna Bateman. Welcome, young lady. Hello. <clears throat> Thank you so much for having me. What a delight it is to be here. My pleasure. My good friend, John Keyes, who was the very first ever on the show. Yes, John <clears throat> is wonderful. Uh, after he did the show, he's like, this is so much fun. I have just the perfect person for you. Oh, he got in touch with me. He was so excited. And he said, you know, you've got to chat with my friend. And, you know, he sort of, he uh, sent me a few of your phenomenal singing links. And I I just, I, I think I sent back like a jaw drop emoji of, for your voice. <laughs> and he said, and it's an original. I was like, how is this possible? So you were <laughs> So yeah, I was, of course, so super honored that you asked me to be on and yeah, delighted to be here today. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm blessed that John sent you my way. Um, can you kind of just start us off with your journey into becoming a singer and performer? Yeah, sure. So I actually, I mean, I've been, I came from a musical um, family, uh, however, not classically trained. So okay. my family very much sort of dabbled in this and that. My mother was um, in musical theater in the West End in, in England, actually. And um, so she was, she was legit herself. Um, and so I grew up, of course, looking up to her and thought that it was just wonderful and saw this as this is what I want to do. And so right from day one, I was always singing everywhere I went, but I didn't start my um, professional training until uh, what is actually quite a bit later for most opera singers. I started when I was 18 years old, um, and and that was the first time I ever had a, um, a an official voice lesson. And so hmm. I was living, yeah. So I was living in in uh, and I had done lots of musical theater, and and there was a natural gift there, and I just sort of went with it and was and and, and loved it. And how old was, were you then? 
I was, I was, well, growing up, I, I did musical theater throughout, you know, uh-huh. from probably eight until about 16, 17. And then I moved to Toronto, Canada from, I, w- I was living in British Columbia. So West coast of Canada to East, almost East coast of Canada. And of course, Toronto is sort of like the New York of Canada. So yes. in my mind, it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to be anywhere in this country that I'm going to get ahead and sort of, you know, get the training uh, and the, um, the uh, uh, you know t- chance to get on a stage and and shine it's going to be in Toronto so that's what I did so I packed up quite quite young myself and just came across with no real plan actually um, and uh, set up set up shop here and 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 um, uh, got my own place and started working of course didn't I came from I didn't come from a very affluent background which is kind of tricky when you're when you're a young Mm -hmm. artist and needing lots of voice lessons to play catch up starting at age 18 um so i was just working around the clock i was you know night and day working in order to train um uh, vocally train with uh, a teacher that i i found when i came here made my own way i did all of my studies were were private mostly private studies okay did do some Royal Conservatory of Music mm-hmm. um, here in Toronto, and then I did um, training programs abroad. So I sort of got a mishmash of of different. Um, uh, sorry, my puppy is growling and barking oh. in the background. The most opportune time. That's all right. Anyway, yeah. So I, um, yeah. So I just sort of hit the road, and I took my studying, I mean, my training so seriously, and I just. I loved every minute of it. It was the hardest thing I had ever done, but it was yes. the best thing. And I, I wanted to get my feet wet really quickly. So I just started auditioning for anything that I could. And I was taking little tiny roles and on top of working full time, on top of training, on top of just, just doing. I was just doing. And I was really learning so much that way in the field. And, and so that was that was kind of the first six years of of my training um and then you know from there it branched out and i was doing mm-hmm. more uh, operatic roles and i was doing like fully staged operas um and then that sort of led into a little bit of concert work so i was doing some concert work and then from there i don't know how how much longer you want me rambling on about we're doing great this- but while, while we're on that <laughs> note uh let's hear a little bit of your opera we have a little clip from you Sure. Which is yeah. on, which is on uh, YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. You can check this out, but we're going to have it here. It's Anna Bateman singing an aria from Deflator Mouse. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> 
they mean about your stage presence. That is beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful voice, easy. Oh. It just seems to flow out of you, which is wonderful. Very lyrical and beautiful. Charming. Good job. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I, that was actually one of my favorite roles. I really loved the mischievous side of her. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that <clears throat> that was a good uh, 10 years back now, I think. That I sang that and it was one of the last I mean I've done a few since then roles but I really started to transition into the more classical crossover um about 10 years ago and that was a challenging time um I was having a hard time in the classical world my my roots kind of worked against me I didn't have the connections that maybe one might always need to to get to where mm -hmm. one needs to be I didn't know the right people. I didn't go to the right schools necessarily, even though I had this incredible life training and incredible training. In fact, I mean, the, some some of my teachers were phenomenal, but it just didn't seem to matter. And it just felt like this uphill struggle. And it it started to wear me down. It started to break me down. Mm. So, yeah. So enter, you know, a, a new uh, phase of life that sort of led into the the classical crossover and I was never one to um, turn my nose up to it, even though that genre is quite looked down upon, uh, it seems, by the very traditional purist classical uh, world. Um, and I personally find that unfortunate because some of our greatest artists have gone there. And wow. <laughs> yes. But it's still sort of, you know, and you had mentioned earlier that, you know, you had done a crossover album and that yes. you had been met with some kind of uh, all sorts of resistance to it from mm -hmm. your peers. And I was, you know, I definitely got that. And it, that's that's tough. So, right. you know. Well, I guess we could say that about Pavarotti then as well, right? Because he definitely broke down those barriers and sang with sting and with zucchero and yeah. a lot of these pop rock yes yeah. that helped a lot and bef and before pavarotti was a tenor way before your day who was my idol his name was mario lanza yeah i know yes and know he inspired Jose Carreras, Placido Domingo, myself, probably uh, Jason Howard. I don't know if you know him. He's from Canada. He teaches there. He's been on the show. Um, famous opera singer. But Mario sang opera in the movies, but he did a lot of crossover stuff. And this was back in yeah. the 50s. But yet yeah. it was, it's hard for the opera community to see someone like you with this beautiful operatic voice go and do what we call pop cross or opera crossover yeah it was and it was interesting because i didn't feel you know wanted on on that side anyway mm. but yeah putting down putting me down over here so it was it was a mm -hmm. tricky time um i of course didn't let it get the better of me it's 
certainly took me to a, a place that was a little bit more challenging for uh -huh. a number of years um, getting through that. But, you know, that, that was all par for the course. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it, well, I, my crossover started out with something, it was someone else's vision. Uh, I, I came on board, actually, you had mentioned Viva Trio. Yes. Uh, earlier in my bio and and that's been a big big part of uh shaping me as a classical crossover artist and it's been a wonderful experience i can't say enough great things about them uh, those women are phenomenal and i feel like we've shared some incredible times together and continue to do so um one of the first uh, groups that I worked in was called Naria and one of the founding members or the the founding member of that was also the lady that I was working on mm. Viva with and, and Naria was um a was a um was definitely more pop than classical and I okay. think that maybe was you know a bit more of a reason why it was people were perhaps looking down their nose a little bit at it and 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 that's okay and and ultimately it wasn't where I wanted to be either and so that's when that beautiful shift in morph uh morphing happened into the, the trio we decided to go a little bit more classical you know uh crossover we're using um the live orchestras for all, all of our recordings wow um, we have the macedonian symphony orchestra for our nothing else matters album mm. um so you know we recorded that uh it was just you know amazing so so legitimate and these were the most incredible musicians you know to work with and it was just a really high caliber so i really felt like we had turned something around and we we kind of we elevated it to a different level and i and i hope i hope that it's now recognized as you know something worth worth uh talking about not just oh it's classical crossover so right yeah. would you say or do you feel that maybe the andrea bocelli thing and the il divo thing uh kind of influenced you guys a little bit or did you just yeah definitely okay yeah definitely i mean there are so many influences along the way i mean mm -hmm. a lot of male um and the, the tenors i don't know if you've heard of the tenors they're from canada yes they're a, a yeah they're a crossover an amazing uh group of men um we were we were influenced by a lot of people but mostly men funnily enough and one of our things was we really wanted to put a female um a, a powerful female trio or group out mm -hmm. there um that was sort of also holding up our side you know we yes. felt like there was a bit of an imbalance in the market and on the you know artistically and so we really wanted to rise to that and I mean, I hope we we have done so. I feel we have. So yeah, but they they definitely were um, Bo Bocelli's lovely, lovely, beautiful performer. Um, Josh mm -hmm. Groban yes. a, has a has a gorgeous voice, and yes. you know, you can't you can't say that a lot of the music that they're singing isn't great. I mean, listen to the the um, the the number of uh, pieces that they've got out there that people are still playing and singing to this. I mean. Whether we yes. like it or not. Conte partiro. Example, what a hit that's been played virtually in every Italian restaurant around the world yeah. forever. <laughs> and, and at every every <laughs> wedding. Yes. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, part of the beauty of that is, I, and I'm not a big fan of saying, well, it's accessible. 
you know, mm-hmm. because all of it is accessible. But it, there's wow. something about that genre that is sort of almost a gateway into classical mm-hmm. uh, as well. So for p- possibly people who have never, and a lot of North American people, haven't been exposed to classical music um very much in their life, unfortunately. And so this is a great way to sort of introduce it in and let them have that feeling wash over them and then say, hey, have you listened to this? And then I've got so many people converted that way. And they'll be like, you know, I never would have listened to it if I hadn't have listened to X, Y, and Z, like you said. Uh, Well, you know, back in the day, perhaps the greatest tenor of all time, uh, with Pavarotti aside, of course, Enrico Caruso. In his day, the critics called him a pop singer. Yeah. Because he grew up on the streets singing the Neapolitan songs, right? Right. Well, that's essentially what you and I are doing. You're doing it a lot more than I am now, but you are taking the popular songs of the day that have threads of classical influence yeah. and bringing it to the public. So yeah. I am just humored by some of the our fellow classical musicians that have issues mm-hmm. with that. But I think those barriers, yeah. are, they're coming down now. It's all art I, at the I end of the day. So I think so too. So did you find any difficulty or changes vocally going from like singing Flater Mouse to, to singing these uh, crossover songs? Well. They're definitely in the middle to bottom of my voice. I mean, I'm definitely mm-hmm. a soprano. I think you can hear uh, yes. me I'm a high soprano. So singing pop music is, I will always sound like a classical singer, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if I sing, you know, if you hear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of that. I think that's no. a, that's. It's a badge know, of honor. Never, yeah. And I, you know, I often, oh, you sound like a Disney princess. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Bottom of my voice, middle of my voice. It, it was a challenge at first, especially when I first started going in that direction. Um, so does that mean you're using more chest voice? Would you put it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lot more mix. So I was, I, I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, being that I was in um, g- groups, I would, often be singing you know either the melody or on top so that sort of helps for the higher voice type Mm -hmm. than i can every once in a while i would have to absolutely go into what i call no man's land for me and and you know get down there and really dig in and there were times where it was very scary live um doing that because and also working with a microphone Mm -hmm. doing that we're not used to that you know so it's a very vulnerable place to be yes and the microphone highlights things that you could otherwise hide. So I, I did have to pay attention. And there was a shift in my um, my approach to things. But ultimately, good technique will, you know, Ooh. will reign. It's so funny that you gravitated to that because that's what I was pulling up right now. I was pulling up your lessons that you have online. And I was so fascinated by... The only word I can really use is your consciousness about singing and the psychology, perhaps the spirituality and emotional contributors to being able yeah. to be a singer. Can you talk about that a little bit, what what that's all about for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been pretty 
tuned into what it is that my body is saying. And I, I was, I was an athlete mm. prior to a professional singer. I um, danced and I figure skated and um, I was always taught to focus on my body so you know when when it came to singing it's sort of that that side of it came naturally to me um i am a spiritual person by nature so i've always had an interest in um you know knowing more about me knowing more about the way that the mind body spirit connection mm. works and over the years i had a, a I going back to uh, when I was talking about the transitional time between doing more operatic into transitioning into classical crossover, mm -hmm. feel a little bit of, you know, like not knowing what my place was, where I should be, who I was, and not just for my singing, but like in life. I had, I went through a massive depression. Um, I had massive bouts of anxiety and I think because I'm a person who is so in tune with my body, it was heightened for me. And I really, it, I really went through some dark times mm. and it lasted a good number of years. Mm -hmm. And I did go through all of the traditional um, therapies. Mm -hmm. I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. I had a psychiatrist that I was talking to. Uh, I was on um, antidepressant, anti-anxiety anti medication. And I am not saying that there isn't a place for all of those things because I wholeheartedly believe and know that there is. Mm -hmm. However, I knew that for me on my path, that wasn't what I resonated with. I needed I needed something that wasn't outside of me. Okay. To grab I needed I needed to tap and tune back into me, um, and and I knew that that would be the the thing that would get me through because wherever you go, there you are, you know, wherever, and there, there's many things that you can um, say about that saying. And for me, that means if I am in a place of depression, anxiety, um, distress, it doesn't matter where I am. I can't get to those uh, therapists. I can't get to that medication. And that's happened to me. I need the tools with that myself. Inside in of yourself. I need to be able to do it myself. So anyways, that's what led me down the path of um, studying breath work um, in conjunction with, of course, my my singing and my training, breath work, yoga, um, EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. Yes. Tapping. I don't know if you've heard about that. I, I mean, have. most people most people now have. Yes, exactly. And so I was employing all of these mm -hmm. techniques. And. I came to this place where everything was starting and it took time, but it, I came to this place where I found this beautiful balance and it, it it's really what shifted me out and got me back on track and really got me to the place that I'm at now into a place where I'm excited to be out there and I'm excited to share my voice rather than being terrified at the next time that I would have to travel and leave home because what if, what if, what if. Yeah. You know? So are you suggesting that you, uh, in your teaching, teach your uh, students yeah. tapping and different anxiety yeah. exercises? Exactly. What I've done is I've in my private practice, I mean, I'm, I'm also very aware of who I'm teaching and what it exactly. is. that Exactly. So you're I intuitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think that that's for everybody. And I'm okay with that. That's, that's totally fine. However, when someone starts to show interest in it, it is available to them. And I have put together this this uh program um called well it's under the sensationally uh brand that i've i've 
put together. And can you and slow that down so people can really yeah. hear what that is again? Yes. It's called Singsationally. <laughs> okay, dot com? Yeah, Singsationally.com, yes. Excellent. And under that, yeah, and under that I've created this program, the MVP program, which is the Mindfulness Voice Practice. Ha <laughs> ha. Clever yeah. young lady. Very clever. Love right. that. Well, and I and, and it's it true. draws from my yeah, and it draws from my years of um, athletic training as well because there's mm. a lot of goes into it that I don't know about you in your training, but I didn't get a ton of um, uh, guidance or advice uh, or expertise on the mental preparation for any role or the mental preparation for any concert uh, tour that you're going on or, you know, um, or the mental prep before you step on stage. It was always about, yes, get your role ready and all of that, but I didn't have the emotional mental workup. So for me, I, mm -hmm. I, I thought what, I, but I had that with my athletic training. So I yes. thought the two married together so beautifully absolutely just makes sense so i um came up with totally via my own uh sort of trial and error of what was working for me and i put this together and and that's what i'm offering in sensationally so wonderful yeah. as i was telling yeah. you before the show you and i have so much in common there because now that i'm a retired opera singer i prepare for instance high schoolers when they're going to college not only do you have to have your rep down, but what happens when the stage director tells you to do something different than your yes. vocal coach? And yes. that's the stuff you don't learn in school. And then I take my college students that are going off to be pro. This is what's going to happen. What are you going to do when the director hits on you? Yeah. Or the general director of, a, of an opera company hits on you. These are the tools that these are some ways that you can manage that without alienating people. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And so, you're doing and that is the, as well. Yeah, Wayne Dyer wrote a book called The Power of Your Intention. Mm -hmm. And so I train my peeps, you got to think about this stuff before you get in the environment and then yeah. and then have an answer on how you're yeah. going to handle it. And it makes life a lot easier. So in my life, which I'm going to send you a copy of my book, I experienced a lot of different things like that. And I think we, I'm, I'm so impressed by what you're doing and I encourage everybody go check out her singing lessons because it sounds like from the way you're framing it, that you're helping the, the whole person be prepared yeah. for what's coming. Vocal technique is just a part of that. Of course, it's the biggest part, but it is. if your mind and spirit and body are not in the right place, no matter how good of a singer you are, you're going to collapse. And I know that both you and I know multiple singers mm -hmm. that that is the case with. And they've gone you know, through life and said, man, if I wish I wish I knew now. Uh, then what I know now and how to to cope and deal and, and think of think of how different things could have been had had we had that yes. um, guidance or insight um, at such a young age as high school or, or, or college, right. you know. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to hear the entire song of Winter Spirits. Do you want to tell us real quickly what this is? Yeah. Yes, Winter Spirits is actually off our latest release that we're, we've released this year. It's called Winter Legends. Mm-hmm. 
And um, Winter Spirit is one of the tracks. And it's so we actually went quite theatrical in this album. And um, so we've got it's based sort of on some Danish folklore, it's Snow Maiden and based on. Yeah, I there's hear a, there's that. A yeah, kind of mystical in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I am the Snow Princess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's check it out.
VivaTrio.com, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, so <laughs> cinematic too. Yeah, you, we really we really went quite cinematic in this that one. Is it's wonderful. What a creative mind you have, and and just the courage to break yeah. the shackles of a linear career, you know, and being willing to to go outside of that, you know. Oh, thank when, you. Um, years ago, or maybe 15 years ago, I got approached by a rock musician in Italy. And he had heard my crossover album that I that I told yeah. you about. He said, Hey, man, would you be willing to do to write with me a rock opera ballet? Oh, awesome. So he did rock opera ballet. And wow. he did the tracks, right? Minus a melody. So I wrote all of the melodies, I wrote all of the lyrics, and sang the whole thing and, and recorded wow. it. And they toured all over Italy with this thing That's uh, great. It's called Dreamers. And his name was uh, Alberto Massoni. Oh, okay. And uh, what an experience that was once again. But if I hadn't had the courage like you to cross over, I would have never had that opportunity too. So the universe, I believe, when you step forward and you show that you are willing to, as I say, break the shackles of linear thinking about your career and your own identity, things just start to, I mean, look at this podcast. Who the hell would have thought I'd be doing this last year? It's great. So, it's great. I love that you're doing this. Thank you. So yeah. um, tell me some more. Tell me some more goodies about your life and what's in, in the future for you. Well, we've got the release, actually, this album that uh, that you're seeing, the um, uh, Winter Spirits. This is being released um, towards the end of 2023, officially. Okay. So we've had some, we've had some um, tracks, um, we've had some tracks drop prior, but the official releases is, is in um, October, mm -hmm. early November the end of October, early November. Um, so that's big. And of course, there'll be a lot, a lot going on for that. Um, and staging of all of that and getting because it's actually a stage show within it's it's a, it's an album. But there's a there's a story. And so we've we've created the music around this story. So it will be staged fully costumed and, and everything. So that oh that's yeah and uh other than that i've so much of my time has been happily spent on singsationally we are i am so fortunate to have a partner finally have a partner who is so supportive um and and he's just right there beside me through all of this and he's filming and editing and you know being my number one fan behind all this so we've been working as a very close team um mm. this all together and it's just been such a joy and just a ton of work but it's great because most of the um sensationally is going to be it's a it's a hybrid online so we've got a massive amount a bank of uh, online material, uh, and then that will be combined with uh, uh, in person and live. So yeah, it's been, <laughs> been a lot. Oh my god, you're amazing! Love it, love it. Wow, that is so beautiful. So, if you were to go back in time and talk to yourself at 18 years old, what would you wish? 
that young woman knew that she didn't know at 18. <laughs> to let go of the idea of perfection. The, I mean, we strive for it. And I think especially as classical artists, it is imposed upon us that we have to be perfect and every subtle nuance has to be perfect. It will never be perfect. Correct. It will never be. There is, there are perfect moments, but the overall, I think it really took me down. It really um, hurt me as a, as a human, not just as an artist. It hurt me as a human mm -hmm. to hold on to the fact that everything had to be so perfect. And that if it wasn't absolutely just so, it's a failure. Because it's not. It is not. It, as as you said earlier, these little these little you know shackle these huge shackles that we break off, and these things that we try, you know, you don't know what's going to happen or where it's going to lead you. Mm -hmm. Now that's providing it's something that you really in your gut and in your heart feel it's something you want to try or do not because someone is forcing you, not because you know he or she said or they said mm -hmm. that it was the path that you need to take but just letting go of that because it, it just infiltrates every area of your life and and as a classical artist you know it it trickles down and it's it's okay it, music has to be perfect well then what else has to be perfect everything you know and it becomes it becomes like a stain in your life and um that's a shame because it can't be perfect and it shouldn't be perfect mm -hmm. Perfection lies in the imperfection. 100%. Yes. Because you can have all the notes right. You can have the placement right. You can have the breath support right. Yep. And the people are like, boring. 100%. Yes. You know, um, there was a famous artist that sang with my teacher back in the day. She was super famous, Maria Callas. And perhaps not the greatest technical singer, but like you, an actress on stage and sang with passion and with drama, therein wow. lies... What a compliment that is. <laughs> right? Therein wow. lies perfection, I believe. Because it's not in perfection of that particular note or something. Yeah. Because on stage is a live performance in front of an audience, and there's an organic nature about it. And the yeah. perfection, I believe, comes in the release of self-ego and surrendering to the universe or God, however they want to uh, view that. And therein lies, at moments, a transcend transcendent, almost spiritual experience on stage. But if you're thinking about all of the notes having to be perfect, you're already screwed. Happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Fascinating that you know that at such a young age. Wow. <laughs> Good for you, kid. So did you write some of the material for your group? Are you a composer? Yeah. So, so with the, th the three of us actually sat down many writing sessions. Yes. Um, on the, um, the latest album, Winter Legends, it's all original music. We worked with the three of us, um, 
composed uh, or wrote the lyrics. Uh, uh, I work with uh, Katya Chubar and Aaron, um, Aaron Fisher, both phenomenal singers, phenomenal women, and just so creative. And so the three of us wrote all of the lyrics and a lot of the melody, uh, melodic structure, and uh, we write all of our own harmonies, regardless of, um, you know, whether we're doing a cover or what, all of our harmonies are, are written by us. Um, mm. But anyway, so the Winter Winter Legends was um, uh, just this huge project where we said, you know, we're going to do an album with all originals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what that's like. And it was it was quite a task. We worked with um, phenomenal musicians. There's a composer, Dmitry Konovalov in uh, Ukraine, actually. Uh, and he yeah, and he's worked very closely with us on, on quite a few projects. He's just unreal. Um, and he he uh, co-wrote with us. And then um, Ryan Lauder, who's actually um, a, uh, a composer and producer from the UK, who has worked with um, pop artists like Dua Lipa, um, Dido, um, few, a few other people that are recognizable names, not necessarily to me, ah, but um, in not general, yet. <laughs> not yet. It's coming. But, um, well, and uh, yeah, so he wrote a few he wrote a few uh of our two songs on there and he's you just he's great and we we brought him in for that more like contemporary um yeah. you know vibe pop vibe on it so there's there's quite a mix quite a mix how yeah. wonderful so if there's some youngsters out there that want to follow in your footsteps what would you suggest that they do Turn off your, your buzzer phone. on your phone <laughs> when you're in an interview. <laughs> it's number one. Sorry about that. Um, wow. My goodness. What are a couple of the do's and a couple of the don'ts, maybe? Really keep your people who you trust close, um, especially as a young person, because it's very, very scary um, when you're first getting your feet wet out there um, to not have a support system. And I found that there were a lot of voices that spoke at me and I I took their word as God and really what it was, was their own interest, best mm -hmm. interest. So keep your, um, keep your support system close. Mm -hmm. uh, those that you trust close. Um, don't forget to train that if it's if it's vocal voice that you're going for don't forget to properly train don't only just i i hear a lot of students now saying oh i i you know got a lesson on youtube or i got a you know no don't just mm -hmm. you i think that there's play or TikTok or whatever i think that there's a place for that yes i do i and i think that that has opened up you know a world of um things to people that they would never have had access sure. to which but don't not do the nitty gritty, do the nitty gritty, get that technique because it will take you everywhere. You'll be able to sing anything then, you know, yes. any genre. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean if you train classically that you only have to case in point, you and I, that you only have to sing as an opera singer or a classical singer. Um, so technique those. Yeah. I think keep your people close and really take your training seriously. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. That is great advice. Well, thank yeah. you for that. So once again, if you could, kind of wrapping all of this stuff up, 
tell everybody where they can find you for your various websites and yeah, there's a few, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my main performer uh, website is annabateman.com. So it's just my name.com. Um, that has been a little dormant lately because I've been busy with <laughs> vivatrio.com mm-hmm. and uh, singsationally. So it's like singsationally. Dot com. And that's the uh, for the vocal lessons, which is yes, and which that's is, for the that's right for the mind, body, um, spirit. Vocal and speaking of that, mind, body, spirit, tapping, the yogas. Yeah. Do you know about EMDR as well? No. Then I'm going to send you some links about that, and it's really what I use a lot in in my teaching. EMDR is bilateral function of the brain. And so it's, they use it now for um, like soldiers that have PTSD and Ah. it's the rapid eye movement thing where it's sort of like the old school hypnotist where you see the thing going back and forth and then you bring up that emotion, whatever that trauma is, and the EMDR actually goes in your brain and takes that trauma and then like erases it. So what I do with uh, my students is, you ever play that game where you, let me see if you can see my hands here, where you're hitting the hands of, so I I was doing that for years and I don't know why I just intuitively did that with my students when they were afraid of a high note, let's say. And I would make them do this exercise while they're going to the high note and all of a sudden they could sing the high note because now it's blocking that fear center in your brain. And so... I have a friend, Sarah Gilman, who's one of the EMDR chiefs, and she's in San Diego. And she had one of my students I sent to her. She said, well, can I see this thing that you're doing that she's talking about? And so we were doing it in a lesson. She said, well, that's EMDR. And I'm like, what the F is EMDR? Well, then that began my study of the neuroscience and the how the brain how we block ourselves which is right down your alley so i just thought i would pass that's that on fascinating and i can absolutely 100 percent see how that would work yes. immediately yes yeah that's phenomenal yes. oh, perception that. yeah. it's per, it's changing your yeah, perception exactly. and for people with ptsd i mean i'm oversimplifying it but what it literally does is it goes into that part of your brain where the injury is the trauma mm-hmm. and it erases the traumatic effect it doesn't mean that you don't remember it right it's just the trauma of the memory is right is erased I'll right. Give you so any... whatever stain it's kind of left on yes. your life or... <clears throat> and so for singers we have that just maybe just a fear of auditions or something you know yeah whatever that yeah. thing might be so anyhow i'll yeah. send you some links about it and i would love to yeah i would love that it's... that would be great it sounds, it sounds so cool yeah, in very up, very up my alley. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you for sharing your time with us today. What a blessing it is to hear your story and to see somebody who is classically trained have such a consciousness that you do and passing it on to the, to the next generation of singers. So incredibly impressed with you. What an incredibly beautiful voice and i can say also a beautiful presence at the same time kudos to you thank you 
Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight, really. My pleasure. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for being with the here with the Daniel Hendrick Experience. And once again, if you guys want to know about my story, it's on my website, danielhendrick.com. And you can find my book there. It's called Know You Know, which chronicles my journey, which is similar to a lot of what Anna has gone through as well. So I hope you check it out and contact me. And if you want to know anything again about Anna, AnnaBateman.com. So ladies and gentlemen, until next time, thanks for being here. God bless and take care. Take a breath. Ah.